Hi, I'm Deb Crow, and welcome to Season 2 of the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast where we connect, learn, and laugh together with strong leaders from all over the globe. Here, you will learn from peers you haven't even met yet. You will gain new tools to add to your leadership toolbox. Because whether you're a C-suite executive or a first-time entrepreneur, we all contend with challenges and there's always room for improvement if we choose to seek it. So please pull up a chair and listen in. This is the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. Well, I can't believe we are at the end of June already and we've had such a beautiful introduction to almost summer, and now summer is upon us. My assistant producer, Christine, has graciously pushed me out of my comfort zone and informed me that the last Friday of every month will now be a solo episode that I will record for you, the listeners. At first, I felt nervous. I was thinking, what was I going to talk about? And then I realized that this is an opportunity to continue with a global conversation around heart-centered leadership. So I wanted to start by telling you kind of what I've been up to this month. We uh, commenced on Wednesday, June the 2nd with season two of the Heart Centered Leadership Podcast. And I'm still very much embracing and love that we titled it Imperfect. I believe in all my being that we are all imperfect. I think when we open our hearts and our minds and embrace our imperfections, it makes us an amazing leader. It allows us to learn and foster our leadership. And again, I think it lends a great perspective to leading and also adding to that global conversation of heart-centered leadership. So I'd like you to pause, take a deep breath, relax those shoulders, pull up a chair, and let's have a conversation. When we embrace anything new or maybe something that doesn't sit well with us, I always want you to anchor yourself in the foundation of the three C's. Clarity, connection, and conversation. They all lend and have purpose in heart-centered leadership. Because you've all heard me say over the past year, an element of heart-centered leadership is you give what you get. And sometimes if you don't know what to say, the best thing is to stop, to pause, to take a breath, and to listen. There's a lot of power in silence. And I know a lot of these things may seem inept to you or repetitive, But if you're hearing them and you haven't implemented them, then I'm going to challenge you and say, are you really listening? 
my what if question for you today is what if our attention was aligned with intention? Let me say that again because I love it. What if our attention was aligned with intention? Just take a break and think about that. Maybe write it down. I'll say it for you one more time. What if our attention was aligned with intention? So how can you take that question and implement it into heart-centered leadership? I want you to write down A, B, C. A, ask more questions. B, be more human. C, check your assumptions. What if you took the ABCs and applied them to that question? How could your leadership be different today and going forward? Another exciting element for me that's kind of happened in the last few weeks is I have both my vaccinations now and want to thread some personal kind of giving you a little vantage point, a little glimpse into my life. Having both those vaccinations is freeing. It's a relief, but it's going to give me an opportunity to go back to hospice. Volunteering at hospice keeps me grounded. It allows my relatability really for me on a visceral level to look at another human being and know how they feel when they're losing a loved one at end of life. So that for me is super exciting to be back. On the website front, we have opened up a shop because we had so many inquiries about my heart-centered leadership poster, which we had available in eight and a half by 11. And we've now Increase that to 11 by 17, and we've laminated them. And we also have the qualities made into a heart centered leadership card deck. So I have been using these tools within my coaching practice. And I've also been leading a lot of talks and team building exercises online. And it's been really welcomed on a global level. And I'm excited to share that I have been mailing out a lot of these to different businesses around the globe. So it just further shows me that heart-centered leadership is wanted and needed and being embraced by leaders, upcoming leaders, new leaders. It doesn't matter. People, people of all walks of life, whether they have initials after their name or stature, I have shared with you from my heart that leadership belongs to everyone. And I'm excited that people are wanting these tools and are wanting to embrace their heart-centered leadership. I don't know if you have heard me speak of this before, but I became a yoga teacher a few years ago. And the biggest thing that I learned 
from becoming a yoga teacher was there's so much solitude and power when I get quiet, when I am able to go inward and seek clarity for something I'm working on, my creativity, increase my innovation, my progression. And that clarity can come out in so many different ways. It helps solve problems. It always helps me find the answer I'm looking for. But it's where I was called to step up and really talk about and lead heart-centered leadership around the globe. It is the birthplace of this podcast. It is where I found the name of this podcast. And it allows me to have a modality of verbal expression to talk about things that I was told when I was younger from leaders that we shouldn't really talk about. I believe there are new perspectives to be gained and shown and demonstrated in heart-centered leadership. And I want heart-centered leadership to be approachable and easy and seamless Because think about it, when you truly have that alignment of head and heart, you are limitless. It goes back to the beginning of this conversation. When you can embrace the three C's, align your attention with intention, and use your ABCs, there is nothing that will stand in your way. And sometimes being a heart-centered leader can be lonely only because those who you are working with or for just haven't met you there yet. It's an, it's an intersection or a crossroads of understanding. And when we get a reaction from someone else, we shouldn't take it as view of ourselves. It's just that they just do not have an understanding of the place that we're coming from when we speak. So I wanted to be transparent and authentic and let you know that I am recording this solo episode for June 2021 on my boat. I decided that I wanted to have a retreat for myself, not a holiday, because I came to the lake to live on our boat for nine days with intention and purpose and a long list of things to do. And my productivity was not going to be less than. I was just changing the environment. So having that retreat for myself, again, self-care. And you've heard me speak about this. And you know it's the foundation of my being. I wanted to look after my physical self-care, my mental self-care, my emotional self-care. I get so much joy being on the water. I love slowing down. I find it refreshing. I love the connection to myself. I enjoy the reflection time, sitting on the dock, looking at the water, listening to the birds, listening to the wind in the trees and watching the trees move and just mother nature as a whole. And I found that when I started Imperfect the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast, I felt it as a calling and an ability for me to share with all of you my experiences. 
experiences from my upbringing, experiences from life, experiences from academic, experiences from work, and more importantly, experiences, good, bad, indifferent, from being an entrepreneur for 31 years. I just celebrated 31 years in business on May the 31st. So slowing down and reflecting on the last year and holding myself accountable to feel like myself again and have a change of scenery and get out of the house and only have the time and space to to lean in and, and do a check-in to see where I was at. I think it's important as we enter a new season, whatever that means for you, getting out of the house, embracing you know, we're on the heels of summer 2021, whatever that season belongs to you, whether it's in definition, always remember that you have that ability to look at the season for what you truly want it to be. Because when you can have that intention aligned with an open heart and an open mind, it can take you to so many different places. Another fun element that we're doing, again, a little nudge from Christine, my producer, we're bringing more structure to the podcast. I want to feature young leaders, which we've started doing. I think when we have meaningful conversations with our youth, They are the future leaders for tomorrow. And I think it's so important to hear from them and their perspective and what they enjoy thinking about and learning and just how they look at words and the definition of words. And I really enjoyed our first youth leader this month. Uh, Her name was Evie. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to her podcast, I highly recommend it. Uh, she's eight years old, wise beyond her years, and certainly is a brave, brave young lady and a recent cancer survivor. So very, very powerful and heartfelt episode. We're also going to find more influential leaders, local leaders, global leaders, and we just want to keep the show interesting and growing in perspective. Because I want to honor the value of the show in that leadership truly belongs to all of us. I want to read a quote from George Clooney's wife, Amal, that I came upon last year. And as you listen to this, I want you to hear and see where you can spend some time having an outcome from what she says. Stand up for what you believe in. When you are in your rocking chair talking to your grandchildren many years from now, be sure you have a good story to tell. And I love that quote for so many reasons, but it further augments my thinking and my values that all of us are our stories. It doesn't matter what age, how we choose to reminisce. We all have different stories. And I've shared one of my popular stories with 
many, many audiences. And I had the privilege of speaking at International Women's Day in 2019. And it was that evening that I learned about tall poppy syndrome. For those of you who have not heard those three words or know what it is, it is a cultural phenomenon of jealous people holding back or directly attacking those who are perceived to be better than the norm and actually cutting down the tall poppy. It truly is a description or a draw towards humility. And I was the recipient of that uh, shortly after my dad passed away. I was 21 years old. I had had uh, to quit university and caregive for my dad the last year of his life. And I was only 20 years old and turned 21 and lost my dad four months later. And what I remember was having no choice but to enter the workforce as I had to support myself. I had rent, I had to buy food. And way back then in Canada, we did pay for our health care. So I had a lot of expenses. I would work a full-time day job, uh, usually administration. And again, the gift of that was working with my dad and his company and learning all those secretarial, customer service, all those transferable skills that I was able to pack up and, and use at that time, not having any formal education past high school. So talk about growing up quickly. There was no choice. That was the day resilience was born and formed for me. There was, there was no time for emotion because it was survival. I had rent, I had car payments, I had to have food and pay for my health care, et cetera, et cetera. And then after working a full day, I would then go work at nighttime because I had to sustain myself and my expenses. I don't regret any of it. I have a very strong work ethic. I have a high level of grit and determination and tenacity. And I firmly believe and know in my heart, it's allowed emotional agility to form and really be powerful for me. So getting quiet, going inward, having many retreats by myself, this was part of my being in every decade of my life, right up to where I am now in my 50s. So tall poppy syndrome for me was from the time my dad passed away, I had four female bosses. And I'm grateful for them because if I didn't experience tall poppy syndrome, I probably wouldn't have started my own company at 24 years old. So I would get to the end of the three-month probation and I'd sit across the desk excited knowing that I worked so hard those 12 weeks. I was the employee who would come in early, work through her lunch, stay late, be a leader, be a team player, just be helpful, be happy, be gregarious. And 
I had exemplary skills on the telephone where many times senior management, even the CEO would comment how lovely I answered the phone and how great my customer service skills were. So I'd sit across from this female boss at 12 weeks and she would lean in and say, you know, we really appreciate the work you've done. However, it's kind of like the butt, right? But it's just not working out. And I could feel my whole body just drop. My heart started racing. I was trying to control my facial expressions. I'm, I'm early 20s. I'm in my formidable years. I just lost my dad. And it was like, are you kidding me? I have just worked my guts out for you for 12 weeks. And you're telling me it doesn't work. And when I reflect back on that, there's one specific story that I want to share with you because it all makes sense to me now and shows me why I was on the other end of that tall poppy syndrome. Leaders who lead well, and I'm stepping into that with a big smile on my face and standing into my greatness. I worked in a real estate office and there was four of us and we all had typewriters. And on this certain week, we all got new typewriters and they had memory. So think about real estate, the forms, I think they're called offers. They have repetitive clauses that the real estate agent uses. So I decided to program my typewriter with the most popular clauses. So how fast do you think my typewriter was typing? Because all I had to do was push a button and it was done. I would have a lineup of real estate agents in front of my desk to do offers to the point where my coworkers were unkind. I even offered to show them how to do what I did. Again, I was ahead of the curve and instead of my manager seeing this as an element of our future to be more productive, I landed up losing my job. And I just, I never understood that. It was like the harder I tried, the harder I tried. So then at my last job, I'll never forget my boss. Her name was Nancy. I just could not make this woman happy. It didn't matter what I did. And it was a Friday and one of the managers asked me if he could take me for lunch. I said, sure, because I did work for him as well. But Nancy was my main supervisor. He leaned over the table and he said, I'm going to tell you something. And I want you to know what I'm about to say has nothing to do with you. He leaned over the table and he said, you're losing your job at five o'clock. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, okay, this is job number four. I have worked so hard the last three months and I had to run up and down stairs. I can't even tell you how many times a day to get files. It was a large accounting firm and their customer base was far and wide. 
all over Canada. So each file system was basically organized by province. So if a file wasn't readily or easily to be found, I was, I was the girl Friday, go get the file. So talk about getting your cardio in from nine to five. And I was just service oriented, happy, willing to help whatever I could do. And I remember in that moment, I just started to cry. And I said to him, I just can't do this anymore. Like this is four jobs in a year. What am I doing wrong? And that was the moment for me. And he became my first mentor. He said, you're doing nothing wrong. You're a leader and you haven't found a boss who's willing to mentor you to bring out your greatness. Go start your own company. And that's what I did. And that was May 31st, 1990. And I've never looked back. So what did I take away from that? All of those four bosses had nothing to do with me. They let me go because they were the tall poppy. They chose to cut down a young girl who was working hard, doing her best, trying to get ahead, grieving the death of her father, yet they couldn't see beyond what was going on in their life. So I share that story because I think it's important for people to see we all have different chapters and seasons that get us to where we are in our life. And I would love for you to sit and think about your story and all the different chapters that have brought you to where you are in this moment. And it's important to share so people can see what we may perceive or value as the little things. They're really big things because the big things lead up to our life and our life is made up of all these beautiful chapters. And I wouldn't have started my company. And I named my company after my dad, which was a silly thing to do way back when. But I cherish that now because it anchors me in the memory and the thought process that if those four women didn't let me go, I would have never stepped into my greatness at the tender age of 24. And I have been a heart-centered leader from that young age. My Irish Nana told me over and over again as a young girl, you always give every day of your life. And the more you give, the more you get back. And I've honored that. It's something I do daily. It's part of my global conversation. It is truly the center being of heart-centered leadership. And again, I always lead and ensure that my attention is aligned with my intention. When I'm unsure, I get quiet. When I need to really dig into something, I anchor back to the three C's. I get quiet. I find clarity. When I find clarity, it helps me further augment or honor my connection. And when I have that beautiful connection, it opens up opportunity for meaningful conversation. And if there's still a little bit of fog 
I always can lean back in to my ABCs. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to be more human and always check in on your own assumptions before making a decision or an opinion about someone. So I'm going to give a shout out to Christine and say kudos for pushing me out of my comfort zone to record a solo episode. I'm going to look forward to kind of drafting a list of what I want to talk about each month and give you a little glimpse into my life and what I'm up to. And I want to leave you with a couple of things. I'm going to leave you firstly with a quote from Warren Buffett. It's better to hang out with people better than you. Pick out associates whose behavior is better than yours. And you'll drift in that direction. And lastly, I'm going to end with the yoga teacher in me. I'd like everybody to sit up straight. Take a deep breath in. Let it out. Let those shoulders drop. Take some time today and each day to get quiet. Choose clarity over chaos. And I would like to end today's solo episode with my favorite closing that I always do when I'm teaching yoga. So join me in putting your hands together in front of your heart. Thank you for spending time with me today. Thank you for listening and supporting our little podcast. Thank you for joining me in the circle of imperfection. Thank you for being a heart-centered leader. And I'll leave you today with the light in me is the light in you. Namaste. You've been listening to the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. I'm Deb Crow. If you like what you heard today, please rate and review the show. And I'd love it if you'd visit my website at debcrow.com where you can sign up for my newsletter and get access to the Heart-Centered Leadership Toolkit, all free of charge. Thanks for your time and we'll see you again.